The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to Just End the Show, everybody. A double dip episode of the Saucecast since we were off last week. Folks, the sauce works on fish, the sauce works on cheese, and I cannot wait to see what it tastes like on horse, Kevin, because this kid is playing absolutely out of his mind. This defense is playing absolutely out of their minds, and the Jets have a winning record for the first time in seven years. We have the sauce sound effect. Is there a cheering? Is there some kind of <laughs> champagne popping sound effect <laughs> we can throw in there? Not to give you extra work. Um, yeah, I mean, this will be the. Re- uh, we're definitely going to break the record for most uh, sauce drops on this episode. I think partially because we're doing two games, but yeah, that guy. We're going to get into that, but yeah, I have to say, I think <laughs> uh, the thing I wanted to bring up right off the bat is that. Um, I think it's time we're going to start a GoFundMe, and it's going to be to uh, get uh, Seth here to move to Greece, because as soon as he went on vacation to Greece, the Jets are red hot. (laughs) They can't be stopped, so let's send him back, people. We're going to get that going, and uh, you know it's going to be tough to do the pod with the time difference, maybe, and you're going to have to get used to living there, but ultimately, if this brings us a ring, I feel like it's worth it, Seth. Oh, no. You mean I have to live in Greece? All right. (laughs) But yes, in case people were wondering why uh, their favorite Jets podcast was not on last week, that was part of the reason. And the other part was that um, I had trouble watching the Dolphins game on my TV, so I ended up kind of watching it mostly through Red Zone and through highlights. But we should start with blowing out the Packers in Lambeau. Who saw that coming? Yeah, very few people saw this one coming, including me. I had a chance to take the Jets in our Pick'em League. I stared at this game for a long time. Same. I really wanted to do it. I yeah. really wanted to pick our boys. Um, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, at the end of the day, I was like, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I can't, I can't overthink this. It's Rodgers and Lambeau. Yeah. Like I know. Yeah. Well, and it turns out we underthought it. I mean, they we did. I think I might've overrated the Packers a bit <laughs> maybe, but I mean, credit where credit is due. This Jets defense is like, it has been incredible for two straight weeks now. Aaron Rodgers was on his ass all day in this game. He had no time to throw. Uh, they had absolutely no running game. And you consider that, you know, Jones and A.J. Dillon are supposed to be the strength of this offense. They were like nowhere to be found in this game against Mosley and, and Quincy and Quinnen. And this was just, you know, sloppy game for the first half. It was an ugly first half. Block kicks, block punts, some questionable throws from Zach. But in the second half, the offense started to put it together just enough to win this game, including Brees Hall, who had a second straight monster game, Kevin. Yeah, he looks like the real deal, and it's very exciting. I, I was um, no, I wouldn't go as far as to say skeptical early on in the year, but just sort of a wait-and-see mentality. And over the past two weeks, he has clearly uh, proven himself to be an elite 
uh, runner, which is very exciting. I think to have the combination of him and Carter and to have uh, to have a strong presence on that side of the ball. Also, we're getting uh, Braxton Berrios pitch uh, touchdown in this game. So the Jets are just flying around out there on both sides of the ball uh, with the speed, which I really like. And to talk about the defense, I mean, We've done however many of these pods, and how many times have we, or I should say, how many ways have we complained about the defense, right? They can't get pressures, or like they, people seem like they're wide open, or like, you know, every possible defensive, uh, you know, think, complaint that we've had, in, especially in this last game, was pretty much answered. They were getting pressure on, on Rodgers, like you said. Um, we've already praised the cornerbacks to no end, but. Sauce is flying around. He's just incredible. It's like he can sprint to the opposite side of the field to nudge the ball out of somebody's hands. I mean, it's just yeah. it's just incredible stuff to watch. And uh, yeah, and just overall, we I mean, we got you know we got good plays from Brandon Eccles. He gave up a touchdown, which that happens. But you know, we got good plays out of guys like that, which you know that was the thing we're saying going into the year. There were certain people we're going to need to perform, and and they did. But yeah, the the bright spots here are in as far as I can see are you know the brightest spots have been uh sauce and and Quinn and Williams who definitely deserves to be brought up i mean he is he's just playing out of his mind and it's really really exciting to see that which i think you know the battle in the trenches part of this game like you said kind of in an ugly weird game that's an important part and and they they pushed him around to the trenches all afternoon it was very fun to watch and exciting the jets run a second straight week of creative plays on offense Berrios has the 20-yard touchdown. Uh, Braxton Berrios is good. We definitely texted about this during the game. Braxton Berrios is good. Yes. Yeah. It was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon for you, New York time, when he scored that touchdown, maybe 3 o'clock if it was in the second half. So I'm just trying to think. It was probably about 10 o'clock at night when that Braxton Berrios touchdown happened for me <laughs> when I was in Greece. I remember texting about it. Um, yeah, Braxton Berrios is good. I wish I could say the same about every Jets player on offense. You pointed out something interesting to me where you were saying Zach Wilson, weirdly enough, is like the weak link in the offense right now. Yeah. And I think the stats kind of bear that out because Zach Wilson was 10 for 18 for just over 100 yards, no touchdowns, albeit no picks, and they won the game by three scores. So clearly Zach doesn't have to do a ton of heavy lifting for them to get wins with the way they're running the ball and the way the defense is playing. Bryce Hall averaged 5.8 yards a carry, and that was only outdone by Carter, who had 6.8 yards a carry. Carter went 6 for 41, and then, of course, Brees 20 for 116, and the score. Nobody on the Jets' receiving core had more than two catches. Corey Davis, TJ Uzama both had two. That led the team. And then Conklin, Garrett Wilson, Carter Berrios, and Hall each had one. And that's something I think is they're going to be challenged with when we go into next week against Denver, Green Bay's defense is pretty good, to be fair. But I think Denver's defense is elite, just based on the fact that the Broncos aren't 0-6 by now, right. which, they should, which they should be with that offense. It seems like next week's matchup, not to get ahead of ourselves, but it seems like next week's matchup is is like looking in a mirror. It's really yeah two teams that rely heavily on their defense to just win games for them and two pretty underwhelming quarterbacks named Wilson. <laughs> the good news is our guy is younger, so hopefully that gives the Jets some sort of an edge, um, but that kind of r- remains to be seen. I think as many bright spots as we could take away in this game, I think Zach Wilson has to be better uh, moving forward this year if the Jets are going to start thinking about 
the word playoffs. I don't even want to start thinking about that word yet. But I mean, if it's something that they're looking towards, if it's a goal of theirs, clearly it is. Um, Zach's going to have to play better. There's there's no way around it. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And and if there was one uh, negative, glaring negative, I guess you could say, coming out of that game, it was Zach's performance. And the thing about winning by the three scores too is they yeah they get the blocked kick score you know and they're capitalizing on turnovers so there's things that the defense making plays and the special teams making plays does uh take a lot of pressure off of zach you know if this is a situation where they start out the game and they're down 10 points if zach is playing like this obviously they're gonna have to start changing the play calls and things are going to be different and the way he played in this game there's absolutely no way that they would win I don't think in that scenario so that's definitely true he's the he's definitely the weakest link in the offense right now you know having watched the game live it's sort of an interesting thing that's going on with him because on the one hand he is being he he's very elusive which is good to see coming off the knee injury thing I mean he was making guys miss and he was really extending plays like in a you know, in a, in a vintage Russ Wilson slash, uh, like, I guess, Kyler Murray now kind of way where, you know, you can really see the potential with that. And we've seen at times the potential of him really being able to make uh, great passes. I think we even coming out of the uh, Steelers game, his ability to pass in the pocket we were talking about. So, you know, there's there's pieces there, but it doesn't seem like at this point, if when he's scrambling and he's getting out of the pocket, he's still making really dumb decisions. Some, you know, a lot of the time, honestly, um, there was a throw. You mentioned no picks. There was the throw wrong the sideline that like, that would have been a really hard ball to pick, but that was a really stupid decision to even throw that back into the field to play. And just, yeah, in general, I, I don't know. It seems like guys are open and he is, slightly missing throws and you know yeah just there's a little bit of a decision making problem but the you know the main thing about this game plan and the or not even the game plan but the way the game unspooled is that like they were able to really get yards on the ground with Brees and so you know I like the idea that in the second half LaFleur kind of I think he called a better game in the second half a little bit and he uh he just kind of let that be the thing that exploited the Packers, and that worked. So I agree with you. If they're, if they're talking about this, I mean, I think that the talent is, even just kind of with the rookies alone, the amount of talent on this team and the way that they're playing is really great. But, yeah, if you're anchoring around a quarterback who's, I'm not going to say right now, I'm not going to, like, cast this versions and say we're looking at, like, a C-minus quarterback, but, like, that's the way he's playing right now. So if you're talking about, you know, the future if you're talking about the future of the team yeah at a certain point you have to say we got to see it from Zach because you know if he ends up you know I know he's still technically he's played what 16 NFL games something like that so regular season games um yeah yeah so in a way he's like you could think of it like if he had been healthy this would be the end of his rookie year you know there's things that you can say with the injuries and all that but like I'm not throwing him I'm not throwing him out after this game is what I'm saying. But if he's the weak link, then that's got to be addressed at some point. So he either needs to step up or something needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, we've been beating the drum since our season preview episode that this team is a quarterback away. And these first six games have sort of shown that the four and two, which is great, but this team could easily be six and up. So it's, it's, it's a little bit hard to watch. I still think they're a quarterback away. I still think that quarterback could be Zach, like you said. There's no reason to throw him out just yet. He's still growing. But, you know, your window in this league is so small. We saw it with the Mark Sanchez era. 
and the great teams that they put together under Rex, where you thought, okay, we might be contenders for a long time. These teams are legit. Yeah. And you see how quickly that fades. So the Jets' window, it, it's like, it's crazy to think that it, it came sooner than I thought, but their window really kind of starts now in terms of being like a true competitive, like possible playoff team. Even the big play he hit to Corey Davis in this game was a bad throw. I mean, that should have been a touchdown. Zach really underthrew it. And it was a good job by Corey Davis to come back and get it. Um, but you really couldn't even give him credit on like his longest completion of the day. It's been a tough stretch for him. And I don't think that stretch will get easier with the Broncos. You just have to kind of hope you win on the same game script and, and try to run the ball on them, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I mean, I, I'm going to also say, like, it's worth noting you're talking about the, the team kind of shaping up in, in this way where we're looking at the future. I mean, this is definitely, I think I can speak for both of us, a lot more accelerated than we were expecting, right? I did not, I thought that the rookies were going to be playing well. I did not think that I was going to be talking about Brees Hall as being like an elite running back and that the team was going to be four and two. So there's a possibility that there's a correction coming. And I don't want to be pessimistic about that, but a lot of things are clicking right now, and especially defensively. So I think when you're talking about Zach's part of this, I'm still pulling out the like it's way too soon to call. Like there's a possibility that Zach, if he that if he can put all these pieces together, like yeah, we're talking about like a really competitive team soon. Yeah, but I didn't expect that coming into this season, so I'm still (laughs) trying to like hopefully like not get the card ahead of the horse in some ways but i i agree with everything that you're saying in terms of like the the team development and and where we stand with this with zach but yeah i think it's like i'm a little bit of the belief that uh there, there's a possibility that this could be a trap game against the broncos maybe we'll get to that at the end of the podcast i don't know but i think what we're seeing from the defense is is the major highlight and i think offensively there's still problems and zach is is very much uh clearly the the one but so i i'm not sure how, where i'd land on terms of like obviously i'm watching this game was incredible like it was so exciting to see them being able to do this and winning in lambo and sauce wearing the cheese head hat walking up the field and <laughs> what's his name lazard knocking it off yeah what a shot that <laughs> Did was you see lazard go and knock it off um so the fact that they are have just amazing rookie play going on is very encouraging but you know we are talking about an extremely young team so there's there's a lot there's a lot of moving pieces here just from a talent ceiling perspective what we're seeing is like incredible i mean like sauce being this good this early to invoke the name once again that's the kind of like game-changing player like this draft seems like it could be really pivotal in terms of their history yeah absolutely and, you know, the NFL does give out two separate Rookie of the Year awards, Defensive Rookie of the Year and Offensive Rookie of the Year. And it's hard to argue that the Jets aren't leading in both of those with Sauce and Brees. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Which is crazy. We're going to take uh, a quick break. And then I do want to talk a, a little bit about the Dolphins game that we missed from a couple of weeks ago before we get into uh, Denver next week. <laughs> I think it's obvious after this game that Skyler Thompson probably doesn't have it. But, hey, you know, that's why they play the game. Still have to earn it in this league, right? <laughs> and and this was a close game for three quarters. Yeah, it was. That one was really poorly played from both sides. You know, the, the Packers game, the, the Jets defensively looked solid throughout the whole game. 
the Dolphins game was yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great, but they were able to again like kind of pull out these plays when they needed them. And that's like something I'm noticing and I'm sure you are with this team is like especially like defensively special teams wise like they can they can get stuff done and it's really sort of like the opposite of things that we were saying like uh, earlier when I was talking about the defense being like how many complaints did we have well, it was always like takeaways was one like they could never get any takeaways and like they couldn't get off the field in third downs it's like they're really doing this now you know um but yeah that was more the the they, we saw more of that in uh, in the Packers game I feel like the Miami game you know I don't know I just think yeah the whole Teddy Bridgewater thing it's one thing to be knocked down to your backup and having a week to prepare that's a one thing. That's one scenario. Go into your third string, one play into a game. I, I, you know, that's just. It's like, oh, okay, we have to totally disregard everything that we did. I think the drop off right between, you know, Bridgewater's Bridgewater, but I mean, you know, he's a he's an NFL quarterback that's played enough that you can at least you know give him the ball and like know that it's not going to be a complete disaster. So. I don't want to like again. I don't want to throw away games this season, but actually, in terms of ones that we missed to do an immediate pod, I actually thought after that, I'm like, I'm not really sure how much I'm taking away from that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt about it. This team plays four quarters, which is very new for me. It used to be, you know, they they keep they'd stay in it, they'd stay in it, they'd stay in it, and then it'd be like, okay, well, here comes the fourth quarter. Here comes you know the L. Right, right. It's like they could they could only stay in a game for so long. And then eventually the other team is just going to take over late. You know, they won four games all of last year. And that was a very similar script where it's like they were in most of them. But, you know, you're four and 12 for a reason. This year, it's kind of the opposite. Even when they let teams hang around that they shouldn't, like the Dolphins, you know, on a third string quarterback or, you know, like an overrated Packers team who can't do anything on offense. Even when they let them hang around longer than they should, this team ends up getting it done in the end instead of folding in the end. And that's really like the biggest thing, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, and it's, um, and that, like, I, I'm always a little hesitant, and I mentioned this before, to be like, talk about, like, you know, the culture of the team and all that stuff. Like, if you're there and you're around it, you can comment on that. But I always think when people just sort of, like, sit on their couch from home and be like, I think this, uh, you can tell that they, th- that the coach is like this and that. It's like, no, you can't. Like, if, unless you're actually part of it, there's no way you can know. But mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, that does seem, I think I'm going to give the coaching staff credit for that too. It really does seem like this team is playing with like a lot of, uh, of spirit. And it seems like they just, it does seem like they're really outside of, I guess, the, the spat on the sideline during, uh, the week three game. Like, it does, it just seems like they're energized. They're excited. They're like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, we read the quotes and stuff that they would run through a wall for Sala, and you know, you get like in the off season, you mm-hmm. see that, or like just his old taking receipts and all this stuff. You know, you see all kind of the clickbaity uh, tabloid headline stuff, but like, I think there's some, I think there's some fire to that smoke. Like, I really think he's, I really think he's kind of, I mean, God, coming from Gase, are you kidding me? Like, this is like totally the opposite of that, and and that's you know, um. I've been. I think I was like sort of skeptical th- about him last year, but I feel I feel a lot more confident in him this year, just seeing the way the team seems to be responding. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's definitely a player's coach. Yeah, and I love your take about team culture because that is like the most measured, well thought out take on on culture that I've ever <laughs> heard. It's always like it's always it's always like a Neanderthal attitude. It's always like oh, team team is bad, but 
culture bad. Oh, uh, good team. You know, they they really care about winning. Winning culture. It's yeah. like it's like the ends justify the means, or don't they? You know, right, right. It's always been such a dumb conversation for for so many years. But yeah, it's, I think it's in, in this team's case. I think you're right. I think Salah has made it fun for them. I think this team is having fun, which is something we're not used to seeing from them. And you know, he's he's really embracing that. He's embracing playing fast, playing loose, playing aggressive. And, you know, that that plays in the NFL. It always has, and it, it probably always will. So we mentioned that this game next week against Denver is sort of like looking in a mirror. These teams have had pretty similar seasons. Kevin, did you mention that the Jets are an underdog this week again? That cannot possibly be true, can it? Um, I believe that that line opened at Denver minus three. Now, I could be wrong about that, but that is what I believe. So I just looked it up, and maybe it's moved slightly. But as of right now, the line stands at Denver minus two and a half. This has to be a mile-high stadium, like, home field advantage thing. There is no way that the Broncos would be favored in this game or like any game for the rest of the year. Anybody who's been forced to watch the Broncos, and we all have because they put them in primetime television two of the last three weeks, um, you can't tell me that this team is capable of moving the ball against bad defenses. And I think we've seen at this point that the Jets are considered one of the good defenses in the league. I think that that's fair to say at this point. Is Denver scoring any points in this game? Well, we'll get to the Jets in a minute. But is Denver scoring any points in this game? The under-over <laughs> is 41 and a half. From, from who? When? Where are these 41 and a half points happening? I know I said I loved the under. I think I said loved three times uh, for the Jets-Dolphins game. And they went way over that. I didn't realize that. And they went way, way over. I didn't realize that Bridgewater was going to get hurt. The Jets were going to have the ball the entire time. And the Dolphins defense was going to, you know, look uh, kind of crappy. I know I was wrong, right? I know I burned us before on that. But I I really love this under again at 41 and a half, and I don't see – I think we're in for a real uh, barn burner, as they say. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, yeah. This is this is going to be the classic buried on red zone game. It's going to be like, you know what game is actually still going on is Jets-Broncos, um, by the way. We, all, we know you've all forgotten that, but it is happening. Yeah, so, okay, the line – uh, two things. One, Vegas is thinking this might be a trap, and I'm kind of agreeing with them because, they, yeah, there's no way that uh, the way we're these teams coming off of the if you just watch the games from this past week with these teams, you'd be like that. This makes no sense at all. Um, and honestly, yeah, throughout most of the year, except for the the or since Zach came back at least, if you watch those games, I, th- I think the same. But that's one thing is that they think it's a trap. The other thing is that I think even if it were in New York, do you think it – I'm guessing that it would be a pick. I, I still don't think that they would ever at this point have the Jets favored unless they were playing like, you know, like uh, the Washington like or some team that you just assume is that they're going to – they're actually, you know. So I understand the two and a half a little bit. Uh, where are the, the points thing, though? That's the third point of what you said. Yeah, no, that's not that. There's, there's not. A, I don't think there's a chance in hell that these teams are <laughs> are going to score twenty points each. I don't see it. The Jets' offense is, as we're saying, like good performances from the running game, but they're not exactly like a super explosive team. And then you've got uh, Russ, who just on the other side, who just doesn't seem like the same guy. Doesn't seem like he takes the same chances. Doesn't seem like he's 
as comfortable. I don't know how much of that is the coach, who's a straight-up disaster, but I'm just scared, and I don't know why. I just don't want it to be... Like, I think Nathaniel Hackett gets fired if the Jets win this game, right? There's no way. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he keeps his job. Yeah. No, agreed. There's no way he keeps his job if Denver loses this game. I think the most insulting part about that line is that Russell Wilson is day-to-day. He's questionable. So there's a chance this game is played by Brett Rippon, and if Russell is officially ruled out, there is absolutely no way that that line can't flip to the Jets being the favorites. They cannot be underdogs to Brett Rippon. They can't, right? I mean, if if that's the case, then the NFL is truly rigged, and they somehow (laughs) know that Denver's going to win this game by a field goal, right? They're buying a lot of Brett, Brent, is it Brett or Brett, right? Brett Rippon? Brent? You know, you know, the truth is, I don't even know. I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> it's, it, it's one of those. I think it's Brett. I, yeah, that's, that would be pretty egregious. But again, I don't know. Why am I? I don't know why I'm doing this. But yeah, we should just, we should be believing in this. But there's just, there's just this part of me that's like, they're not, they didn't just start playing out of their mind, like for these two weeks, right? I don't know. I mean, I really think that what we're seeing is, you know, how the first three weeks we're watching Flacco and we were just talking about like, you know, God, just even talk, the team winning and losing is one thing, but just putting a watchable football team on the field, like, is that too much to ask for? And then these past two games, it's like our prayers have been answered or whatever. So, you know, I hope that that continues uh, or, you know, I obviously hope the winning and the elite performances continue, but at least right. just to be able to be like, oh, I know I'm going to, or hopefully, you know, know that I'm going to be able to see some elite performances from the from the rookies and from everybody um, is is exciting. Even if you know there's something goes wrong and old Russell Wilson makes a return or something happens, so you know we have a watchable football team with potentially a competent coach, and we had a good draft. What the hell is happening? <laughs> <laughs> what podcast is this? Where am I? What year is it? Zach has to not lose them this game. He has to game manage his way to a victory and avoid turnovers as best he can. If he has another 10 for 18 for 100 yards, no picks, no touchdowns, I'll actually be thrilled because that means they've probably won again against this Broncos offense. Just do not... And it means they're running the hell out of the ball. Right, which, exactly. Which that, would, that would... Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, and it's just... Just don't give Denver a short field. Don't give them turnovers to get easy points. Make that offense go the length of the field, whether it's Russ or whether it's Rippon. I don't think they can do it on us. I don't want to say play conservative on offense because that's usually not a good formula in this league, but they kind of have to play not to lose this one. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be the kind of game we're both thinking it is, they have to win the trench battles on both sides of the ball again. And we didn't totally talk too much about the defensive line, but I mean, in the Packers game, it really was crazy, like, like, you know, Rankins and Shepard and these guys getting pressures that we just have not seen. And they weren't blitzing. Quinnen was vindicated in his arguments. Yeah, if they can do stuff like that, then yeah, it's gonna they're gonna be harassing Wilson all day. So I mean I again I don't I don't wanna be like sound like I'm pessimistic coming off of two games, but yeah, we you need a lot of pieces you need a lot of these pieces to come together to get this defense to work. And they like it's designed around this scheme of having these guys get pressures like you say not using the blitzing like getting getting pressures and having guys back and so they've obviously got the talent on the guys go you know on the cornerbacks and 
safety plays actually been okay. So, yeah, if they can get pressures like that again, I mean, that and have this defense clicking like this and the and the speed that it's working at, then yeah, it doesn't matter if they score fourteen points. They're, they're you right. know, Denver's not going to be able to put up points on a defense that's performing this that as like the did last week. No way. Yeah, no and way. and Quinnen's been doing his job on the defensive line up the middle all year. Oh yeah, it's, it's that in the Packers game we finally got the good John Franklin Myers game. We finally got like an effective Carl yeah. Lawson off the edge game. Yes, uh, you yes. mentioned Shepard. Yeah, this was like a good Vinnie Curry game. So yeah, just just keep getting after that quarterback, and and we're gonna keep racking up W's and showing up. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, like showing up for these games in ways that I think. You know, again, how many conversations have we had in the past of like, where were they in that quarter or like what happened with that? And it's like there aren't just these long stretches of the game where you're like, where the hell is everybody? They're putting these pieces together. So if this keeps going, we're going to have to change the podcast thing to like a smiley face plane or like a like a oh, like, wow. It's never occurred to me that we might have to change our podcast artwork because the team is good. When we made the decision to do this Jets podcast. We'll get HR on that. Yeah. Like it was <laughs> it was so obvious to go for like a misery loves company uh <laughs> no. you know, we're here for you therapeutic <laughs> yeah. vibe. Let's not uh, say it yet. <laughs> I didn't even consider the possibility that in our second season of podcast that yeah. maybe we might want to switch that artwork or at least think about it. I don't know. Well, so also since I've insulted, uh, since I insulted the defense, they've been playing out of their minds. So then I'm like, okay, it's like they all listen to the podcast in the locker room, like <laughs> getting hyped up. I like to believe that they're like, yeah. we're gonna show this guy as if I have any. <laughs> I'm sure they're not. They would be watching like uh, Stephen A. Smith or whatever, yeah. not listening to us. But hey, you know, if hey guys, uh, should, so then should I neg him or should I do like a quotation marks that only you can see? Like, oh no, they're not playing yeah. well. Or have like have you noticed that the <laughs> speaking of like you were talking about taking receipts before, like that solid quote? Have you noticed that like every week the Jets Twitter account will post like the ESPN like predictions of who's going to win, and yeah. every week it's like every all twelve analysts pick the other team, and then every week the Jets post it after the game. Look, that's okay. Keep sleeping on us. It's okay. She's gonna keep winning over here. Yeah, and the cheese and the cheese head thing. Should we? Can we talk about that for a second? I was, or I guess we mentioned it for a second, but that was great. That's the kind of thing, you know. It's like this. These guys got a little bit of swagger. It's kind yeah. of funny to watch, you know. Like when have Whether, well, we haven't had it since yeah. we haven't had it since Rex Ryan brought that to the team with the Rex. You know, you go after one of our guys, we're gonna go after two of yours. Like that, <laughs> that Rex Ryan attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salah's got a little bit of yeah. Pre- his press conferences were nuts. Yeah, that's like yeah. <laughs> and and Salah is not nearly as good at press conferences as Rex was. I don't want to say that, but he's got you know he's got like a Rex thing going. Yeah, he's way more professional. He's way more like professionally presenting the team than <laughs> like it seemed like Rex was like like just going off book all the time. It's kind of funny to watch. I'm just glad that football is fun again. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap us up for this week. We will talk to you, we promise, next week after the Jets play the Denver Broncos. Yes, we're, yeah. I'm not going on vacation or anything. So that would be great if, like, I went to, like, France for three weeks. It's like, well, we missed half the year, but. Yeah, no, we'll be here. <laughs> Kevin, take us out just on the show. Just-